0: Checking back in from Arlington, Dallas. They get sensitive down here when you call it Dallas, when you're not in Dallas. See, like I consider Arlington Dallas, but the the locals don't like that regardless. It's where we're at for the Big 12 football media days. Iowa State um, takes the stage on Tuesday, but still lots going on on Monday. Of course, our – Coverage is presented by the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. Uh, it's that time of year for me where I will be going getting my physical, and I go to Doctor Nicholson. Of course, he is located in Ankeny. I've told you about him a lot, and uh, he's been a kind of a life-changing dude for me. Learned a lot about men's health, and I need to be better. I've had a I've had a tough summer probably packed on a couple of pounds and I need to get back to being healthy for my daughter and my soon to be two daughters as another little Williams will be arriving here. Well, hopefully within the next month, I can't wait, but go to the Iowa clinic men's center, uh, eight, seven, five, nine thousand Iowa com. easy and convenient online scheduling. That's my favorite part. All right. Um, so my favorite thing about the Big 12 football media days is when Fox always hosts this, like, get-together that happens um, just after everything is has, has gone on that day where you can talk with their personalities and hang out and do all that stuff. And uh, I've kind of become, I don't want to say buddies, but acquaintances with Joel Klatt the color analyst for Fox College Football, and also Bruce Feldman. He's a sideline reporter. He also writes for The Athletic. Well, uh, indeed, I caught up with them again this year to talk about Iowa State, to talk about a lot of stuff. And I've got both of those interviews for you that I'm just going to pack into the one single podcast here tonight. So let's start with um, Bruce Feldman. Kind of did these in chronological order. Um, he's a guy I've looked up to a long time, one of the best college football writers in the country, if not the best. Uh, here's my conversation from earlier on, um, on Monday evening with Bruce Feldman. It's, uh, it's interesting. I've covered Iowa State, I think, for it's 15 years now. Oh, wow, a long time. Been coming to these things, and I added it up the other day. Just, It's always ninth, ninth, ninth. Six, six, six. back when they were in the two divisions. And it just feels different this year. I mean, last year I think people close to the program knew that they had a chance to be okay, but now there's actually some national expectations. I'm just curious, like, from a national perspective where you see things right now, because, you know, we're so close to it.
1: I, it's interesting to get your guys' stuff. Yeah, I think that they... Like, I like the spot where everybody else in the media had them at three, because I think it's real. I mean... Yeah. If you, I talked to, like, a couple of coaches after they played them. I was like, so what exactly did they do? Like, you know, like, scheme-wide to throw yeah. you. And the biggest thing I heard was he gets them just to play harder than you guys play. You know, it's like they don't make a lot of mistakes, but they're just very physical and they play really hard. And for us in the media, sometimes that's not the greatest answer because it's, like, yeah. it's not like a sexy kind of – it's a, you know, weird scheme. They do some stuff defensively, definitely, that, that gives people problems. But... Um, I just think he's a really, he and that staff are really good evaluators. And now I think you have belief, right, because there's nothing fluky about what they do, you know. And, you know, you're going to see this quarterback. You know, I think Brock could be a guy. I don't know if he could win a Heisman at Iowa State. He's a really good quarterback, and they're going to have him for a while. Um you know, I think they're a legit top 25 team. Now the question is, can they get to that eight? Can they get beyond the eight and four, nine and three kind of range? And can they push past that? But the stuff you're hearing, it's because they won not just one or two; they won a bunch of games against against you know top 10, top 15 caliber teams. And I think that speaks to the respect everybody has for Matt Campbell. Yeah, and it's hard to talk to, for me at least to talk about
0: Campbell without mentioning Haycock to mm-hmm. the defensive core. And I mean, it just seems like he's just been so innovative on that side of the ball that now you're starting to see guys from other bigger schools kind of adopt that. What is is he the top five defensive coordinator in college football? I mean, where would you put him? That's
1: a great question. You know, I was talking to somebody today just about this. Is like it's fortunate that he's still in Ames, you know, because usually guys like that get plucked away. Um, and if he has another year like this, like he just had, I think that there'll be more people to come come after him. You know, like there weren't a ton of, you know, Lincoln Riley had his connection to Alex Grinch, so he went and got him. You know, Mario Cristobal at Oregon had a DC opening. Saban was promoting from within. And there weren't that many spots, but I think you got a young group of linebackers. You really got a stud in the middle of the defense, you know, at nose tackle. And I think what they've really been really good at is they can take away stuff that you're good at, you know, and so. You know, as you, I, I'm just thinking about like where would I rank him? You know, a lot of people tend to rank guys as well. Dave Aranda's the highest paid guy, yeah. and Mike was the second highest paid guy, um, but he's, you know, definitely in the top ten yeah. because of what. You, look what he's done, right? Look what he's done in what in, in the in that conference he's in, and now they have some players, but it's still, it's not like. It's a little like what Dave Miranda did at Wisconsin where you had uh, really good production without like freaky athletes at all three levels. You know Miranda had better athletes and who gave them credit for Wisconsin, but they were really smart kids and he could do a lot with them. And I think that's what he has. That's I think that's what he has right now at ISU. Cuz is they're smart kids and they do a bunch with them. I think it's just going to keep growing now as more people, you know, in the Will McDonald's of the world or whatever, say, all right, you know, I well, I could go play there, but I want to go play here because I see what they're doing. What's, um?
0: Were you, I guess, were you surprised Campbell came back for another year? Because I mean, we know he could have moved on probably if he... Wanted to, but he didn't seem to show a lot of
1: interest. Did that surprise you at all? No. You know why? Like honestly, it surprised me a little that he took the job in the first place. But after he took the job, it doesn't like I've talked to him a bunch. You know, it it wouldn't shock me if he if he ended up going someday to the NFL. I don't. You know, could I see him at USC? I mean, that would be a great hire for USC. But I'm not sure he's a USC guy. You know, I mean, if Ohio State came open again, you know, years from now, maybe. But, I mean, I don't think he's just going to take another job because you can tell he has a connection to the place. Um, he's different than a lot of other guys. So, I'm not – like, the fact that he took the job, I think, when I was – man, that's a really hard job because you only get three non-conference games and one of them is against Iowa. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not surprised he stayed because now he's building stuff. He's got a quarterback who's, you know, going to be there for at least two more years, probably three. I mean, that's, that's the key piece. And guys know what he's about. I mean, he's just a – he is a big substance guy. So – I mean, I'm not at all surprised you stay. They're they're picked third.
0: TCU, in at least my opinion, TCU-Oklahoma State are ripe for a bit of a bounce-back season. Those coaches tend to do that. I mean... What's interesting, though, from an Iowa State standpoint, they lose these two dynamic offensive players early, and then their expectations are even higher the next year. I guess, do you see like three through six in that league to be a little bit? It could go either way. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you want to throw, I don't know if you mentioned Baylor. If you want to throw, Yeah, Baylor. Baylor is the other, yeah. yeah. That would put that. Now, the one thing, and, and Baylor has this too with Charlie Brewer, but the one thing I think that I, I pause on TCU, and look, we've done some, a bunch of TCU games over the last couple of years, Is that's like they have really good skill guys. The quarterback spot I'm unsure of. You know, I our crew did the Texas TCU game last year in Austin, and you know, the quarterback intangibles wise. You know, I'm down on the sideline. You know, you can watch how he talks to the players. You can see he has leadership qualities, coaches kid. But if you can't be accurate and complete the passes. Then that affects it on a couple. It mucks up the run game eventually and everything. And so, I think because I, I, I have more confidence in Iowa State's quarterback than I do in TCU's quarterback right now, um, that's why I would go three, four. I'm, a, I'm not. I don't. I have a tougher read on Oklahoma State. You know, I don't. I mean, I know they got two quarterbacks that are going to sort out who's going to be the guy, but you know, I'll I'll be, I'll be late on that. You know, I mean, I, I've heard good things about about the Princeton OC, but. You know, for me, uh, if I had to rank 3, 4, 5, 6, I would go uh, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Okay. What about Texas, Oklahoma? Do you have a
0: hot opinion on that one? I'm leaning towards Texas. I really like the way they Me too. I got
1: killed for that in Des Moines. They're not Tom Herman fans in Des Moines. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? Like, I think what's the difference to me is the momentum they had coming off the year. Now, look, both teams have big question marks on defense. Yeah. Texas has to replace 18-year starters. Oklahoma's been really mediocre on defense. I like Alex Grinch. I think he'll help. But I, I just have more confidence right now in Sam Ellinger uh, than I do in – Not just Jalen Hurts, but a new Jalen Hurts coming in there with a rebuilt offensive line. Their receivers are terrific, but you know what? I think Texas has Colin Johnson. They have really good receivers. Uh, They get one of their toughest games is LSU, and they get LSU at home week two. If that game was in Baton Rouge, I'd feel much differently, but it's not. And I think... you know, Texas has got more of a home field atmosphere than they had did a few years ago. It's gotten louder. Yeah. I think there's some energy in the place. Again, I think they feed off Sam Ellinger. I'm picking Texas to win the Big 12. I did too. I,
0: when I went and covered the game in Austin last year with Iowa State, I mean, it was a physical beatdown. I mean, Texas just killed them, and it seemed like from then on, I don't know, they had young guys stepping up, and everybody like notes the starters that they're missing on defense, but it, I don't know, it
1: they seems guys to guys see me they have guys to plug in there. The, the part, I saw a big difference. So I had them week one against Maryland. It was a weather-delayed game. They, I don't want to say they self-destructed because Maryland burned their defense with a couple of really clever plays, and I don't think Texas really knew what they were getting against, against Maryland. And then we had them like week four against TCU. Now, TCU's quarterback play was subpar, but I thought Texas showed a lot of toughness and – it's the cliche word, grit, but they were a much different team than they were a year a year ago, and I think that's something that, um, again, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't go, you know, if they lost to LSU and maybe sputtered around, but I think they're going to, I mean, if I look at them, I think they're a 12-1 team when they go to the playoff. Thank you for that. Bruce Feldman from
0: Fox College Football, also from The Athletic. Uh, before we get to Joel Klatt from Fox, I do want to give a shout out to our friends Carl Chevrolet. Uh, our, all of our podcasts are powered by Carl Chevrolet, Carl Chevrolet Stewart. We appreciate them. Also, our partners at the Guthrie River Ruckus, the uh, 2019 River Ruckus featuring Chris Cagle, Diamond Rio, to name a few, is coming up in just a few weeks. If you're interested in going, we can get you $15 off your tickets. Use the promo code cyclones. I think he's the best analyst in sports right there with Jeff Van Gundy in the NBA is I put Joel Klatt from Fox, always an entertaining guy. Uh, I had about 10 minutes with him on Monday night. Here is that conversation with Fox college football analyst, Joel Klatt. All right. I'm just like, I was just talking to Bruce about how I've been, I've covered Iowa state for 15 years. And they've, I've, I've come to this event every year, and there's not once been actual national expectations for that program, and it feels like they're actually is right now. Like yeah. what, what, what have you seen covering the Big Twelve and seeing that team the last couple of years to develop them to where they're at right now?
2: Um, okay, so hmm, most teams in this conference have. A handful of really good players. I would argue Texas and Oklahoma have like more than a handful of really good players. But yeah. if you're talking, let's, let's talk about the middle of the conference. Okay, everybody has a handful of really good players. Even Iowa State over the years have had a handful of really good players. But you win and lose games with the middle of the roster. Yeah. And I think for the first time you're seeing Iowa State has a really legitimate middle of the roster. I think Matt's done an incredible job of finding the kids that fit his culture and his mentality, tough-minded, sound, physical. They play quality defense, they don't beat themselves. All of that contributes to the point where you've got a foundation where now you can talk about Iowa State is just flat better than half the league. Okay. Then it becomes, hey, do you have an incumbent quarterback? Yes. Did your coach stick around? Is he really good? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you can compete for the league championship then. That's as simple as this formula is. You know, Is, is your middle of the roster better than how, how much a league? I would argue... Better than six or seven teams? Six? Let's call it Roughly, six. Yeah. Call it six, right? Just based on the last two years. Eight wins, eight wins. What they've done defensively on the statistics side. I think it's legit, man. I think there's a reason that Matt Campbell's name, every single vacancy that comes open... So. ADs call me all the time. <clears throat> they call me and they're like, hey, you know, what do you think? What do you think? Do you know the first name that they bring up every single time? Campbell. Do you think I can get Matt Campbell? I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't know. Call him. Sorry, you probably, your people are probably like, no, don't tell him. To call him. They're used to it. Trust me. Um, so, I, I truly believe if you just take the body of work of his career you can make a strong argument that matt is one of the top 10 coaches in the sport 10 to 15 10. Yeah. everybody wants him and he's made a commitment to a place that has a really loyal fan base that has a good administration jamie's done a heck of a job with the contract yeah. you know of, of making sure that it's difficult for him to leave Unless it's something that's just, like, over the top. And I think even Jamie would be like, hey, man, best of luck. Yeah. So, I just... I love what iowa state's doing man I, I gotta tell you like on the field i love it off the field i love it yeah i love what they've done they've done it the right way they didn't chase the let me put it this way they, they didn't chase the match right a lot of times what you see is these teams are trying to chase just like a brief period of success they'll do anything for a brief period of success like lighting a match on the side of a box what does that match do Boy, it's bright, for really and it just goes it out, does, right? Yeah. And they they said, hey, let's do it the right way. Let's get the right coach. Let's give them the right tools, and let's light a candle and not light a match. And that's what they've done. I, like, I don't know. Maybe this is too effusive in my praise, but, like, I really like what they've done. Let me ask you, because you watch the game like a quarterback, I would assume. Yeah. So what they've been able to do
0: defensively has been really kind of incredible with that 3-3 stack that yep. Haycock is and yep. now you're seeing a lot of veteran defensive coordinators from really big programs kind of taking what he's yep. doing You've seen some of it in the yep. NFL now. So let me ask you this like now they've done that a few years now. Are offensive coaches going to sure. find tweaks? And sure. what do you expect from that?
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's a game, that's right? It's a sport. Yeah, that's Man. the game. That's why we love it, right? Because it always evolves, um, and they're going to have to make adjustments. You can't just you can't roll out the same defense that they've rolled uh, played the last two years and say like, have at it, boys. Yeah, everything adjusts, and and there's tweaks, and there's all sorts of things that that go on. What I like about that system, though. Is its flexibility when you're facing offenses, in particular in this league, that put as much skill on the field as they do. It's, it's more pliable. You know, than other defensive structures. It's multiple, it's 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 pliable, it's malleable, it's like play-doh to some extent. It's not an erector set. Yeah. You know, four three defense can act very much like an erector set. There's only a few structures that you can get into. Rather than you throw some play-doh out there and you start to you start to play with it a little bit. The concepts are the same. They're not running different concepts than other defenses, but they're doing it out of structures that make it easier to adjust to what the the offense is giving. Um, it also makes it very difficult for the offense to see what they're doing, to recognize what they're doing, and in particular in a pressure package to try to block what they're bringing. What about, uh, you mentioned Brock Purdy. What do you see in him as a young quarterback? really like what I see from him. I like his, he, he seems calm. Yeah. I think, quarter, personally, I think quarterbacks play better when they're calm, like Sam Ellinger in the Sugar Bowl. You can be fiery, but calm, right? It's, it's kind of like that, you can tell when someone's whole pace has, like, sped up, and he seems to just kind of, like, stay even keel. Uh, he's a talented guy. Now, he loses a couple of his really good weapons. I think David Montgomery is a big loss. I think Joaquin Butler is a big loss. But from what I see with him, man, he's just a competitor. He's a quality player, and he's going to do the right thing with the football time and time again. That's what, I mean, that's what I see. Do you think that I've actually talked with Campbell about this on the record? It's
0: it's a fun conversation to have, but there was a game last year when they played Oklahoma State. I don't think you had it, but Montgomery was out, and that happened to be the game that Purdy came in and yep, played for the right. first time. That's right. But Montgomery was out. Purdy comes in, and they called that game differently. They were more sure. aggressive with their zone blocking. Like they were, they were doing different things. Is there an with with Tom Manning coming back, his offensive coordinator? I almost felt like Campbell used 32 as a little bit of a security blanket. He loves being comfortable with that guy. He knew he wouldn't fumble. Could they loosen
2: things up now because Montgomery's not there? Listen, every great coach does what his players can do, not what he wants to do. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that. Right? You always adjust to what your roster gives you. I think Matt will do that. So I think it'll look a little bit different. They might be a little bit more aggressive. I think they're going to lean on Brock Purdy's talents rather than lean on... You know, the safety net of David Montgomery. Yeah. Because he was a great, and listen, he was a great safety net. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. In particular, when you're trying to build a program. Remember now, he's trying to, there's this natural arc when you're trying to build a program where you're probably going to lose big early, and then you start to lose small, and then you start to win small, and then you start to win big that arc man you got to have some givens you know you can't be out there trying to blow people out when you're at a point where you're just trying to win and I think that safety net uh was David Montgomery to to a certain extent and it helped him build this program but now what you'll see is some players that are very talented I think Brock's talented enough where you can lean on him a little bit more than having to have some not dynamic but like really sound run game you
0: it's crazy to me, having been around the program so long, that they could lose two guys early as high NFL draft picks like they did with Butler in Montgomery, and then they're picked to be better yeah. the next year. Is well, that the rest of that roster kind of catching up like you were
2: talking yes, about? He, yes, he's done a nice job in recruiting, but that's also... Remember, if the NFL is driven by quarterbacks, college football is driven by coaches. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of this a lot of this is driven by the fact that all of us believe in that guy he's just a good football coach um as long as he's on the sideline i feel like we're all gonna be like hey iowa state's gonna be pretty tough that's so what we think about t- TCU. Do, yeah. do any of us really know about TCU this year? No. no. But Patterson. guess what? Gary, hey, Gary Patterson's there. Do any of us really know about Oklahoma State? No. It's no. Thing. Uh, hey, Mike Gundy's there. He always wins 10 games. Gary Patterson always bounces back. And they were both down last year, so you expect to bounce back. That's right. Yeah. Why? Because of their coach. So, is Iowa State going to be down next year? I don't know. Maybe. Do I expect them to compete? Yep. Why? Their head coach.